Man, I, let's give it up for Jesus in this house this morning, huh? Amen. So listen, I got a question. How many guys have ever tried to clean a house before, or clean your apartment, or clean a bedroom, or anything like that? What are the rest of y'all doing, huh? Y'all just walking around in mess? Anyone's ever tried to declutter a house? You know, there's, there's two people groups, and oftentimes we find that we marry the person of the opposite people group from us. But... In this scenario, there is the people group who, uh, when they start cleaning, they have this mentality, like, throw it all in the trash. Like, like just get rid of all of it. And then there's the other people that are like, listen, I made that in 10th grade, and I don't care if I just turned 65, I still need to keep it. Come on, somebody. So you don't have to nudge your spouse right now, but you know that you guys are one of the two. Come on, somebody. And so I remember me and my wife, uh, we had been married about a year and uh, we bought, when we purchased our first home, we purchased a three bedroom home and just because we got a really good deal on it and it was an investment for us. And so we bought a three bedroom house. And I remember about a year into our marriage, we never really went to the other side of the house. So our master bedroom and our bathroom and the living rooms on one side and then the other bedrooms are on the other side, okay? And so I had never had a reason to go in the other rooms. Y'all know what I'm talking like, why would I go in there? Like, so I never went in there. And I remember about a year, year and a half into our marriage, I was thinking to myself like, man, we do a really good job keeping the clutter out of this house. I thought we did a really good job keeping the clutter out of that house. And one day I walked into one of the guest rooms to get something and there I found it all. Y'all know what I'm talking like, like, Oh, so we're not good. Like we, we had the, uh, you know how when you tell your kids to clean the room, they got the closet, you know what I mean? Like, like slam the door shut with their foot. And then like, uh, I realized that's what we were doing in our house. And so I said that to say, I don't necessarily know if your house is that way, but here's one thing I want to talk about today is our life that way. Have we built a life that uh, when we let God have a window into our life, we tell him, God, you can see this room and you can see the living room and you can see the kitchen and, and you can see this part of my heart and you can see this part of my life and you can see all of this, but that one bedroom, I'm not going to give that to you. And if we do that, that oftentimes is where we put the parts of our life that will destroy us at the end of our journey if we don't take care of them at the beginning of our journey. And so that oftentimes is where we put our addiction. It's where we put our pornography problem. It's where we put our drinking problem, our drug problem, our unforgiveness problem, our bitterness problem. That's where we, we tuck all those things away in there and we say, look, God, I got a clutter-free life. I got a life that's 100% committed to you. And when he goes to open that door to your heart, you go, no, 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 not that one. And we're here today because we're talking about detox and God wants to detox every aspect of our life that's not with him, not just the ones we let him. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, part of you has got to go. So I want, today is a self-reflection day. I want you to look at what in your life, as we communicate our way through this, is going to change based on some of the things we may have in our life. Let's look at the definition of detox. The definition of detox is the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. The removal of toxic substances from a living organism. We, you, the person sitting next to you, we are living organisms. And we need to have the toxic things in our life removed from our life so that we can be healed, so that we can be whole, and more importantly, so that we can be brand new. Because Jesus didn't come to make a better version of us. Jesus came to make a new version of us.
And the new version of us is actually a new version of him in us. And so we want to remove these toxic substances. So let's go on a journey today. Four things that God wants to do in our life. Number one, he wants to remove the junk. Remove the junk. So what is it in your life that God wants to take out? Man, what is the thing in your life that God wants to remove? There's stuff in there. And so when we start talking about that, we, we kind of look at different areas of our life that God wants to remove some of the things, right? And, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15, says this, says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And how many of us have set out in life to be, a, to be better? We, we leave with church on Sunday and maybe something Pastor Dan or myself, we preach and you go, you know what, man, when I leave today, I'm not going to make the same decisions. Uh, you know, tomorrow is going to be a new day and I'm starting fresh and I'm going to be different than I was last week. And so we go out and then Monday morning comes around and who are we? We're the same person we were the week before. We hadn't changed anything, nothing. We, we, we had the concept of good morals, but we keep surrounding ourselves with bad company. And so there's, there's three areas of your life that uh, we want to kind of pinpoint today on things that are toxic to us, right? So the first one is toxic people. Toxic people. How many of y'all got some toxic people in your life, right? If you sit next to them, you may not want to look at them while you raise your hand. Okay, listen, so... How many of us have toxic people in our life? Listen, you got people that are literally, it seems like their only goal in life is to make your life worse. Listen, if you can't elevate with the people around you, you need to change the people around you. If you can't become everything God has destined you to be with the people that's on your journey, then you need to get them off your journey. God's desire to do something great with your life is directly connected to the people around you and in your life. Now, I think there's a, a balance here because we also want to impact other people's lives too, right? So we have to, we got to be the salt and light of the world. So how do I be the salt and light of the world? Well, first of all, I think some of us need to readjust our attitudes because some of us, and I'm saying us, I'm going to put myself in that boat. Some of us ain't always the best people to be around. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I know none of y'all have a bad day, but every once in a while I do. I hear people all the time, they're like, Christians don't have bad days. They have good days and better days. I'm like, shut up, you're lying, okay? Like, there are days, listen, my, best, my worst day with Jesus is still better than my best day without him, but I still have days that aren't good. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, and man, when we, we have people in our life that drag us down and, and speak negatively, listen, some people would rather be miserable with you than be happy. I'm sorry, they'd rather be miserable without you than happy, miserable with you. Is that what I was saying? Yeah. In other words, like they don't, people aren't going to choose to be happy. So if you leave, they would rather be miserable and let you leave than to change and start being positive while you're here. You can't let your desire to impact them cause you to stay in an unhappy situation or relationship with people that are trying to pull you down. Because God's purpose to do something with your life is going to be centered around the people you surround yourself with. Because bad company ruins good morals. I remember the Lord tried to do things in my life at a young age. And I, want, I wanted to be with the old people but be the new person. That don't work. Can I tell you something today? Listen to me. If it's a relationship, 
uh, if it's a friendship, if it's someone that you work with, you can't save someone else's ship from sinking if yours still has holes in it. And so many of us are trying to be other people's savior and we ain't got us figured out yet. Figure you out for let God do a healing in you, then let him use you to a healing in others. But if both of you sink, then you both lose. If you've ever been to uh, lifeguarding on the beach, you ever see those people lifeguard on the beach, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure all they do is sit up in that little hut all day long. I ain't never seen any of them jump in the water, but whatever. So, but if you ever see lifeguards on the beach, when they get close to the pier, if they go save someone close to the pier and the waves are going to crash them into the pillars of the pier, the rule is you use the person you're saving as the buffer between you and the pillar. The pro- because the reason they say that is if you get knocked unconscious, now you both drown. And how many in life are we putting ourselves between the person and the peer when waves come against us? Now we're getting knocked off our game and we and the person we're trying to save are both drowning in life. We have to take care of us first. But once you get to take care of us, then you get to be the impact. But too many people are drowning trying to save other people. Can I tell you something? God, once you are saved and you're with him, and then you're free from yesterday's stuff. How many guys got some yesterday stuff God's still cleaning out of you? Got some, some junk you need God to take away. You need to be clean, like detox. Like this is a good series for you. You got some stuff, you know, bitterness, some unforgiveness, some alcoholism, some drug addiction, some whatever. You got some of those things that are still in there that we're cleaning the room out today. Listen, until you belong to Jesus, you're free. You've discovered your purpose and you're making a difference with no temptation to go back. You ain't got no business trying to save somebody else. So figure out where you are in that cycle. Let's get you whole, and then let's let you be a part of someone else's journey. Amen. You guys with me today? So toxic people. Then the second thing is toxic places. Toxic places. How many of us have things in our life, places in our life that are completely consuming us? I had a young woman come to me the other day, and she's getting ready to go through the pipeline, and she was just like, Pastor, I just, I don't know what to do. I'm at this job, and, and I hate it. And I'm like, well, first of all, no one really loves their job. You know, I know what I'm talking about. Like, some people do, but y'all are weird. For the rest of us, like, I actually love my job, but there's some crazies. That, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I love, but I said, there's not a lot of people out there that love what they do, first of all. I said, second of all, you're like 23, so never mind, right? So, but I was talking about, she, she was like, I, I hate my job, but I'm at this point in my career where I can't leave because if I go somewhere else, I got to start over. I said, then go somewhere else and start over. Listen to me, folks. If where you are makes you so miserable that it affects your marriage and your ability to relate to your children, leave because it's not worth it. If your career or if there's something else that you go to, the other areas of your life that you go to and you're a part of, but you're so miserable that you can't be effective for the kingdom of God because every time you leave work, all you want to do is get home to the couch because you're miserable, it ain't worth it. Now, some of y'all are going to be like, I'm also supposed to quit my job. That's not what I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, you might want to figure something out. But you need to pray, like, God, what is, what is it? Maybe there's some places that need to come out of my life. What I, and the very same thing I told her, I said, God can elevate you quicker in the place that he wants you better than he can elevate you in the place that he doesn't want you. So God can move you quicker when you're walking in his purpose than you can move you when you're out of his purpose. And so be obedient to what he's telling you. What are the places? 
For some of you, it's not work. For some of you, it's the place you go after work. What are, what are the things in our life? What are the places in our life? Toxic places that drag us down. And then number three, uh, the, out of these, there's toxic practices. Toxic practices, actions, things that you do. Talking about toxic practices, I, uh, so I am, I am on this journey. And this is a difficult journey. I, this is probably one of the hardest things uh, that I've done ever. And it's this journey to get healthy because I love food. Come on, somebody. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. So I, I'm on this journey to, to get healthy. And we're talking about toxic practices, things that knock us off our game, right? And so I went the other day and I was getting my wife her coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. So problem number one. Okay. Like, so I went to Dunkin' Donuts. I was getting her coffee. And I ordered her coffee. And the lady at the window says, do you want to try our new donut fries? And I said, no. Maybe. I was like, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. Because I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts for their donuts. Krispy Kreme makes warm pillows of goodness. You know what I'm saying? I don't need Dunkin' Donuts. So I said, and then there's Maynard's. They put bacon on stuff. So you had my heart at bacon. Okay? So y'all can see why getting healthy is so hard. Anyway, so... I was, I said, no, thank you. And, and we, uh, we go there often enough that the lady said, Mr. Livingston, I'll just give you some and you can try it and see if you like it. I said, okay, all right. <laughs> the Lord made a way. Okay, so, so I, I uh, she gives me these, she, she, gives, she said, try them. If you like them, you can get them next time. I said, sure. Okay, give them to me. So I get my wife's coffee and so uh, I said, and she says, here's your donut fries. And I try the first one. Friends, let me tell y'all something. These things are like crack, okay? Like, I don't know what they're sprinkling on them, but these things are amazing. Now, if you were addicted to crack, I hope that wasn't offensive, but the joke is still worth it. So I was, I've been in a, and it like, it's like covered in cinnamon and sugar and it's like crispy, but warm on the inside. Listen, y'all, I was, I was taken back by these donut fries. And the problem is now I'm having to break this addiction to donut fries. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like I got to pass a Dunkin' Donuts every day on the way to the office. And I'm just like, my, car, my truck just starts pulling into their drive-thru. Like <laughs> autopilot, y'all know? And so I woke up the other day and I, got, I have an Apple watch that I usually wear throughout the week because it helps me keep track of my appointments. And uh, it said 10 minutes to Dunkin' Donuts. I said, y'all, Satan, get behind me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> But anyways, the reason I said all that is to say is many of us are choosing to change the toxic people in our life. We're even choosing to change the toxic places in our life, but we haven't made the decision to change the toxic practices of our life. And so we're removing the people and we're removing the places, but we've yet to remove us because we still make bad decisions. Now listen, Jesus didn't come just to change our decisions. He came to change us. But what I'm here to tell you is that we have to change our practices. We have to change our habits. We have to change our patterns. If we think Jesus is going to help us rediscover purpose in our life. There's something new for you, but we have to step into it by changing some of the things. So maybe it's changing your pattern of what you do after work. Listen, for me, we're in 21 days of prayer right now. I'm, I'm loving it. But let me tell you something. We're waking up at 445 every morning. 445 in the morning. God's not up yet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, he is. But I'm just saying, like, 
Like there's no, there's no sunlight. And I, man, I'm just like, oh, but the Lord spoke, he, he spoke to my heart because I am realizing through these first 21, for the first seven days of 21 days of prayer, we're on day eight right now. I am far more effective when I wake up early in the morning than when I sleep in. I, I'm not as aware and I'm wasting a good chunk of when I'm the most effective for the kingdom, for the Lord, for my family. And so he spoke to my heart not too long ago and said, I, pretty much telling me I need to wake up every morning. I'm, after 21 days of prayer, I'm going to continue a 445 lifestyle. Now, listen, I'm a born and raised musician. We don't get up at 445 for anything. Okay, I'm just letting y'all know. But the Lord was showing me, if you want to be who I've called you to be. Listen, I could, I could keep doing what I'm doing now and be fulfilled. But there's another level even for me. But i got to change my practices. Y'all with me? Like, so wherever you are in life, from, from this is your first time walking into a church to the pastor of this church, I'm here to tell you, we can all change our practices to see God do more in our life so that we can become more fulfilled by doing more for him. So that we can serve more people. So that we can impact the kingdom better. So that we can become more effective nationwide, worldwide and also in our city to see God do more if we could listen to what the Lord is telling us to change some of our practices. Who could we be if we answered the call that God was putting on our life? For some of you, he's telling you to join a small group. This is gonna be your first semester joining a small group, jump in. For some of you, he's been nudging you to go to Grow Track and you keep putting it off, jump in. God has something bigger and better for you, but you're gonna have to take a step into a different practice. Y'all with me today? And so I want to take you, uh, keep going on this journey because we're in 21 days of prayer and that's finishing out. We've got two more weeks of 21 days of prayer. But then I want to take you to number two, which is that we need to, once we've gotten rid of the junk, we need to repair our damage. We need to repair our damage. So what happens, and, and kind of taking this from doing a detox like a cleanse. And you guys ever done a health detox like a health cleanse? Whose idea was that? that was, that's terrible, right? But, in doing so, one of the things that happens is you got to get the junk out of your system. So you got to clean your system out. And what happens is as you clean your system out, your system starts to rebuild the areas of your uh, insides that have been damaged. But I think it's the same way spiritually that as we get the junk out, God now through the Holy Spirit comes in and he can heal damaged parts of us. And what I'm really talking about is like forgiveness, what is it that is in your life right now that once the junk has been removed, God wants to start dealing with about you? And I'm really talking about how many have old hurts and old wounds and places where people have damaged us. And God's going to speak to your life about forgiveness. Because here's what, here's what I want you to know. You can never truly step into the call and the purpose that God has for you until you deal with the lie that's been spoken over you about telling you that you're not who you are and telling you that you are something that you're not. In other words, some of you have been in past relationships and maybe you even had parents that spoke over you and, and they tore you down and constantly destroyed your image, your self-image, your identity. And I'm here to tell you today that once God steps into your life, once God brings you into a relationship with him, once he now is defining your character and your integrity and the person that you are, now that you've been associated with him, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has come and the new is here. 
And for many of us, the difference between where God wants us to be and where we are today is our ability and our willingness to let go of what happened to us yesterday so that God can move us into a brand new today. What people spoke over you, what your parents did to you, all of those things were real. But I'm here to tell you that you are going to have to find somewhere between your relationship with the Lord and your confession out of your mouth to forgive the people who still own you today for what happened to you 10 years ago. For many of you, you're going, well, pastor, I just can't do that. They don't deserve it. No, but you do. Because we believe that forgiveness is for the other person. No, forgiveness is for you. When I forgive somebody, I'm freeing myself from what they did for me, not freeing them from what they did for me. And for many of us, we are getting the junk out of our life, but the damage that has been done by it still remains. And God is saying, I want to do something in your life, but we're going to have to repair these areas of your life where you have believed the lie that the enemy has put in your mind that you're worth nothing, that you are no one, that you are nobody, that no one could ever love you, that no one could ever use you, that God would never have a purpose for you. Those are lies that if the enemy can get you to believe it, he doesn't even have to go to work in your life anymore because you're going to work against yourself. And if we could step back into who God has already said we are, can I tell you something? You're a child of God. Those of us who have our faith in Jesus and we are new creations through what Jesus did on the cross, we don't have to rebuild our own identity because Jesus has already rebuilt it for us. So we get to step into something that's brand new. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says this. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive yours. Man, how many of us are walking under the shadow of guilt and shame because we can't forgive other people? Man, we're walking in that room that we've tucked all the things away. We've also tucked away our ability to be free because we're not releasing other people from us. And so we have to understand, man, God's desire is to rebuild us and repair our damage. And then number three, he wants to rebuild healthy environments. He wants to rebuild healthy environments. And I put rebuild here, not just build. He wants to rebuild. For many of us, we're believers. We've been walking this journey out. And and this is one of our only series that we really kind of talk to fellow believers, those that already have their faith in Jesus. Because when we come and we put our faith in Jesus, we tend to build healthy relationships. We tend to start off with a clean slate. We tend to not have much damage. But over time, what happens? We allow everything else in life to be more important than God. And I'm here to tell you, we need to rebuild healthy environments. We need to rebuild healthy relationships, right? So as we rebuild healthy environments, uh, John Mark Green says this, which I thought was really good in this quote. He says that as you remove toxic people from your life, you free up space and emotional energy for positive, healthy relationships, and people come to us all the time. They're like, Pastor, I just, man, I can't join any small groups. My life is just too busy. If your life is too busy for healthy relationships, then you are full of toxic ones. I'm going to help you out again because some of y'all ain't grab it yet. If your life is too busy to build healthy relationships, then you already have too many toxic ones. 
What about what people, what places, and what practices in your life need to change so that you can start building healthy relationships? Because here's the deal. The Lord said, we, we repent of our sins. We confess and repent of our sins to the Lord to be free from the penalty of our sins, which is eternal death. But then he said, confess your sins one to another so that we can be free from the environment of our sins, from the mentality of our sins. When, when Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, he brought them out of Egypt, right? And they were no longer under the weight of captivity, but they still had captivity in their mind. And we have to not just be freed from the weight of our sin, the penalty of our sin, we also have to be removed from the mentality of our sin. We have to be removed from the mentality of the toxic things in our life. So what needs to change, right? And there's a few things coming up that I'm super pumped about. The first one is the men and women mentoring. Um, so if you are a man or a woman in here and you, you're saying, man, I want, I want someone to come alongside me and lead me spiritually. I want them to guide me spiritually. They're going to put it up on the screen, but I want them to lead me and guide me spiritually. I want someone to come alongside me and mentor me. And, and, and I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. Or I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mother. Or I want to be a better, whatever, whatever it is that you want to be better at, whatever it is that you feel like God God wants to encourage you and equip you with, man, I wanted to let you know right now, we're starting a mentorship program where we want to partner you with other people in this church who are a step further in their life. They're, they're a different, you know, they've been doing what you're trying to do longer. They've been more successful, whether it's business, whether it's parenting, whatever it is, we want to lead you in that and partner you with someone to help mentor you. And you can get more information at, at transformationchurch.com and and then the next thing we have, which I'm loving right now, is our pipeline and, and the Transformation Church Leadership Pipeline. Um, it starts, uh, it's going September through May as well. And our leadership pipeline is huge. And so our mentoring is going to help develop young, not, and when I say young, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 12 to 55. All right. So 55, you made it. Okay. Congratulations. Anyway, so, but I'm talking people that need to be mentored. But then we're starting a leadership pipeline. You believe God has a call in your life. He wants to do something with your life. The leadership pipeline is a way that you can discover what God wants to do and get ready to take the next step for how he wants to do it in your life. You can get more information on that, transformationchurch.com, right? But Proverbs 17, 17 says this. I love this. It says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for time of adversity. I don't know what's going on with technology, but they'll catch up in a few minutes. But a, friend, a, a brother is born for a time of adversity, right? And, and so we want you know whether the pipe, maybe the pipeline's not for you. Maybe the mentorship isn't for you. But I want to tell you about the third thing, which absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, 100% is for you. And that's our small group semester, September 2nd through December 1st. Man, get plugged into our small group semester, no matter where you are. I believe between Pastor Dan's story, Chris and Felicia's story, everything we're telling you, relationships are a necessity for the purpose that God has for your life. All right. And then number four, we want to give you this one as we wrap this up. And that's religion versus regeneration. And again, this is kind of the only series we really spend time talking to what I would say churched people or people that's, you know, probably been in the faith. Now, maybe this is your first time ever stepping to church. Maybe you're brand new here at TC and, and uh, bear with us. But I believe this is still applicable to you as well. 
My greatest fear as a pastor is that someone would sit in our chairs and listen to us preach for five years or 10 years or 15 years, that they would go on a journey with us and still end up in hell because they missed the point that church attendance doesn't save you from an eternity without God. Listen, if you're coming here to check some religious box, thank you for coming, but you're missing the point. That we are here not to see you better, we are here to see you brand new. What happens is when we come and we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he makes a new creation. He makes a brand new you, one that follows after him, one that attains his character, one that strives for integrity, one that strives to look like Jesus, but more importantly, one that strives to reflect and represent Jesus and the gospel and the good news that is Jesus Christ to a world that desperately needs him. And and oftentimes people come in and, and I know that it's happening. I know people are sitting in our pews and they're saying, They'll walk out the door and they have good sermon, pastor. We really appreciate it. And they go home and they're the same person when they get there than when they got here. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus wants to transform your life. And maybe you're sitting in this room and you're saying, man, that's me, pastor. I've been, I've, I've, I've definitely sat. I've definitely been there. I've definitely been present. And, and uh, man, I've sat in church services. But, man, today I need to see that change. Today I need to see that transform. Today I need a new start in Jesus. Today I don't just want to be a church attender. I want to be a gospel representer. I want Jesus to transform my heart. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus wants to do that. And so if you're with us today, as we get ready to wrap this up, you guys with me today? Man, let's, let's change the people, the, the people, places, and practices that are toxic in our life. But let's get ready to focus on Jesus and be made brand new. In that, let's remove the junk. Let's repair the damage. Let's rebuild healthy relationships. But let's not get caught up on religion so much that we miss the relationship with Jesus that comes through regeneration. And some people say, Pastor, you don't know how bad I've been hurt by the church. Well, get in line because we've all been hurt by the church. You wanna know why? Because the church is full of people just like me and just like you. And the, anyone that can raise their hand and say they've been hurt by the church is the same one that gets to raise their hand and say they've hurt somebody in it. Because I don't know about you, I didn't come here to be part of a yacht club. I came here to be part of a rescue mission. Come on, somebody. I came here to be part of seeing people saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news. The problem with messy people is that they're messy people but God came to save messy people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you messy, okay? So, let's, yeah. <laughs> I see y'all, I see y'all. So listen to me, y'all with me today? Let's let God detox some of the stuff in us. And, and as we finish this service, our prayer team is gonna come up. They're gonna be at the front of this stage. And maybe God's talking to you, some of you right now. Maybe you're, self, you're identifying, man, there's some things in my life I need to get rid of. There's some things, our prayer team, some of our pastors, they're gonna be up here. They'll be ready to pray for you at the end of this service after we finish worship. But if that's you, you want God to do something in your life. You want someone to agree and pray with you. We're gonna have those people ready, but let's get ready to be the, the global church. Let's get ready to be the gospel to a world that needs us. Amen. You guys with me today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you that, Lord, you have come to save. Your word says that while we were still sinners, you died for us. So God, we, wait, we are grateful. We thank you that you didn't wait for us to get it together, but God, you saved us and you got us together. And so Jesus, we come to you today and we need you. 
And so Father, I pray that you continue to help us, God. I pray that you continue to help rebuild us, restructure us, save us, transform us, God. We love you today. If there's anyone in here and you say, Pastor, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and honestly, that's me. I need a fresh start. I need Jesus to, to take control of my life. I, I, maybe, you've, maybe this is the first time you've ever been in a church, but you're feeling the Lord pull on your heart and you want to respond to that. Or maybe you've been in this thing a while, but you say, Pastor, I think I've probably been more religious than regenerated, but I want Jesus to make me brand new today and I want to give him my life. No matter which one of those that you are, I'm here to tell you today, he wants to give you a fresh start. That there's hope that's found in Jesus. And he's here today to meet your need. But more than your immediate need, he's here to meet your eternal need. He wants to know you today. And if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I want to pray for you. You said, that's me, Pastor. I want Jesus to take control of my life. I want to give him my everything. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you sit? I want Jesus to take control. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you. I want to know that you are meeting Jesus today. I want him to take control, Pastor. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to say a prayer today. And if you are sitting in here in this auditorium and and you say, that's me, or if you're watching us online right now and you say, that's me, Pastor, we're going to pray a prayer today. Now, this prayer doesn't make you saved, but this prayer is acknowledging is that you are believing in your heart that Jesus already took care of your sins on the cross and that you're giving your life to him today. And so church, let's pray this with our brothers and sisters that raise their hand and those that are online say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. I give you my heart. I wanna follow you forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the very first time. Man, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.